Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I am joined by special guest, Coach Lee Marie. How are you, Lee? Hi, I'm good. It's great to be back on the Prep Life Podcast. Yeah. So if you haven't, if you didn't know, Lee Marie and I have another podcast that's called Balanced Body Building Radio. And we just hit 1,000 downloads. Woo woo. <laughs> So so, I don't know if the word's gotten out there yet, but uh, we do appreciate those listeners and um, our give them a little bit about what that podcast vibes, how it's a little bit different than the prep life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in my experience with coaching, I have coached almost all um, exclusively lifestyle clients until I got into competing. And so now I have competitors that I coach as well. But then also, I just I always identified with my lifestyle clients when I was in my improvement season. And so I feel like people that are just general weight loss clients, and bikini competitors or wellness competitors, physique competitors in their improvement season have similar struggles, similar, you know, questions, um, struggles with motivation. And it's a little bit of a different need and knowledge base than someone that's in a contest prep. And I think both areas, um, there is a need for education and motivation and all of those things, but it's, it looks different. And so we wanted to do a podcast that was centered more on lifestyle weight loss, general health, really backed by research, what actually um, has been researched to show improved health and, you know, all the benefits, go over the setbacks of things. Um, and then also what can work for strategies in the improvement season. Yeah. So that's over at Balanced Bodybuilding Radio. Yeah. We're like the scales of justice when it comes to like, Lemur is more like giving the lifestyle expertise, whereas, you know, her, her experience and knowledge is on that side. And then I am more the competitor side um, with that mindset. And so, yeah, our target audience with, if you're a competitor is just when you are in your improvement season, kind of trying to find that balance, which is, you know, it's prep life. Prep life is year round. Everything is a season. And so this is just a little bit more on the competition heavy side as listeners know. Um, so what we are going to talk about today is rapid fat loss and Dr. Bill Campbell, shout out to him and his research lab at the University of South Florida has done amazing things with physique um, enhancement and the research behind that. And so it's been very wonderful for me, like to kind of look at what he's doing in the lab and use that to apply because most of the time with research, it's not that applicable to bodybuilders and physique competitors. Most of the research is that lifestyle side of things where, you know, it's great because it's directed towards like disease, like obesity and diabetes and things that need to definitely be addressed. But on the bodybuilding side, you know, we're considered healthy individuals, but we want to know how to optimize the most muscle gain and have, you know, the leanest physique, you know, as much as we can, you know, year round have optimal composition and feel good, you know, in that regard. So this rapid fat loss study he did for 14 days. So two weeks with individuals and they all had some sort of weight training program. And the important part about what Dr. Campbell does is he 
allows for the, um, by them choosing their own program or bringing in their own program that they were already doing, it really makes a good, um, stable. He basically says that's like the future of research is that they're going to not have people follow the same program. So as you know, Brittany and I talked about the keto bodybuilding last um, week, and that was, you know, the same scenario. They didn't have a variable that was like, everybody does the same program because people's bodies are going to make adaptations. You know, you may do more volume than I do. Um, There's different intensities and things like that. So you want to keep that variable constant is what I'm trying to say which is what they did. So the students um, in the lab actually monitored the workouts. Uh, It actually happened during COVID. So um, there were, you know, a little bit of (laughs) a pause in between the the research, but basically they performed their workouts, what they were already doing in the lab. So it was monitored. So they at least had like also the validity of like, yes, these people were working out type of thing. Um, And then the main thing was, so the deficit was extremely severe and previous research had been done just on obese populations when it comes to like severe caloric deficits. So people that aren't weight trained individuals, people that aren't consuming high protein. And so in this study, he also kept protein. There was, you know, like a minimum amount that everybody had to have. And the deficits were so extreme that some people based on the math, they were purely eating protein based on the deficit that they had to create nutritionally. So the nutritional deficit was 37.5. So almost 40% deficit. And what he was saying is, you know, a lot of the research shows that adaptations that are negative will start happening after 30% deficit that, you know, over the long term, you're not going to be able to maintain muscle if you're in a 30% caloric deficit. That's just the reality of it. So in this one, he wanted to do a short duration. Um, and then, so they tested their metabolic, um, like their resting metabolic rate, they tested, you know, dry, um, fat-free mass, total fat-free mass, and then, you know, their whole body composition before. So what happened in the two weeks is that they lost around three pounds is what happened. And so typical weight loss, um, in a normal deficit, you're going to lose about three fourths of your body or three fourths of the weight loss will be fat. And then about a fourth will be, muscle. Well, in this study, one third of that three pounds, so about one pound was the fat free mass. So that can be connective tissue organs, all of that. The interesting thing about it was that, um, 80% of it was water loss. So the dry, the dry fat free mass was almost zero. It was like 0.1. So they essentially lost almost no muscle during this rapid fat loss. And um, so I just, I wanted to give those those facts first before we kind of talk about your personal story, because we did, I am, for those of you that don't know, I am Lee Marie's coach. And so she was, she was entering. Okay. So I think the perfect time to do this is when you are trying to set up for a mini cut. 
And I know Brittany and I talked about this a little bit where some there's some good scenarios. So you can reference that podcast that we talked about different times to do a mini cut. Well, Lee Marie had, um, you know, been in an improvement season and we were trying to recomp her and trying to get her calories as high as we could, cardio as low as possible. And we really wanted to put some good lean mass on her after the Ben Weeder in November. So she, you know, was recomping throughout this time. And we were kind of, we kind of established a maintenance. And I think, you know, Dr. Campbell was talking about how in his study, he established a maintenance calorie, like all the pre-testing was kind of to figure out, you know, what these people's maintenance was. I think that he said, and I I don't want to misquote it, but I think they followed them for a couple of weeks on their normal diet to figure out what their maintenance calories were. Um, So we knew what Lee Marie's were. And I felt like, you know, we started doing you know, we want to preserve as much muscle as possible at Glam Girl. And that is my ultimate goal is, you know, in the improvement season, the goal is to have no cardio, to have your calories as high as possible so that when you start to cut, you're preserving as much muscle as possible throughout that process. And you don't have to use as severe of a deficit or, you know, you're starting from a good place to pull, right? So that's kind of where we were. We started doing a little bit of a deficit and adding in some cardio and weight wasn't moving. So I'll have you kind of take it from there because I did give you a phone call after one of your mm-hmm. check-ins. I know you're a little frustrated because we had we had turned on the prep mm-hmm. button <laughs> and things yep. weren't really moving. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So what are your yeah, thoughts there? I mean, even before, even before that, so I remember talking with you kind of – about when my improvement season was going to end and we were going to start prep and being, I was at like an uncomfortable weight, which I am slowly learning. Like we all do. That is, that goes along with gaining muscle. Um, because you know, if you're gaining muscle, you are gaining weight. Muscle does weigh. So, um, but I was uncomfortable. And so I had kind of set a goal weight. Like I want to start prep ideally at this weight. And so I remember we were going to do a little mini cut to get me to that weight and then continue on with maintenance for a few weeks before prep started. And the week we cut calories, I gained weight. And Mm -hmm. that was when we started thinking maybe I had some adrenal issues. Maybe it was, um, you know, something hormonal or something. Um, and then I did a refeed and got food poisoning. So that backfired. Um, so we (laughs) didn't really know if the refeed worked, but, um, ever since then, my weight just kind of fluctuated, but pretty much stayed the same. And then when we turned the switch for prep, I was my mind, like my mind was in it. I was so ready to go. I was like, let's, we're going to start seeing progress. This is going to be great. And it just the same thing. Like the weight didn't really change and we cut calories and then we increased cardio and then we switched over to hit cardio. So I was running sprints. Um, at one point I was running sprints five days a week. And then with the, the lower calories, it just was not things were not happening and my weight was not dropping. And it wasn't just like not dropping as fast as I wanted it to, which can be frustrating. I understand that, but it was literally not dropping. Um, And it would fluctuate up, 
you know, when I got my cycle, that kind of stuff and fluctuate back down, but it wasn't dropping. So then I got pretty frustrated a few times. Poor Amy. She has to talk me off the ledge on an almost weekly basis, but that is why I love... I love our weekly check-ins and I think it's important for competitors to stay on top of their weekly check-ins with their coach during the improvement season because um, it is such a mind game and manipulating your own body for, you know, another, a future goal and delayed gratification. It is such a mind game and it's helps so much to have a coach just put it back into perspective. And she talks me off the ledge every single week and it's, (laughs) it's great. So we had a few of those talks. We tried a few different things. We did um, high fat, low carb at one point, but calories didn't change much. I do feel like my body did respond pretty well to that um, because I think I had started gaining weight. And so that stopped me from gaining weight. We were thinking it was maybe just inflammation. So I did that. I started taking GDAs, so glucose disposal agents um, from First Form, and that helped me digest carbs and shuttle carbs to your muscles. Yeah, I think it helps with your insulin sensitivity quite a bit. And yeah, which, you know, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt if you were, I wanted to finish the thought. No, that was just, well, and then, so we started the, the, the high fat, low carb, we ran that for a few weeks. Um, and I felt like that was pretty successful with just kind of stopping the weight gain that was happening. Um, but then when we started prep, we kind of transitioned out of that because we wanted to have more carbs for energy and to keep muscle, you know, muscle building. Um, and so we took fats back down to normal and brought carbs up a little bit, but I just was not losing weight. And so then we got to a point where I was like, I have this many weeks till the show. I should, you know, I'm aiming for this body weight. Who knows if I will be at that body weight, but it kind of gives us a goal. This is what I weighed last at my last show. Um, I I don't know what to do. I I don't think I can do this prep. And that's when Amy got back to me. You got back to me with this, let's try this rapid fat loss phase because you had tried it before and another competitor. Um, did you talk about that on here? That you No, tried it? I've tried it with, yeah, I've tried it with several different people. Um, okay. But yeah. Success. Yeah. 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 So, because yeah, I had heard about the study uh, that Dr. Campbell had done. And I think we've talked about it with him actually on the podcast. So yeah, but it's now um, out there. So it's definitely very applicable. You don't want to be at at that kind of deficit for a long time, but why don't you share with your, your results with the audience, like what you had, um, your experience. So we did, we started the first, I think couple of days was at a 35% was a 35. And then we moved it up to a 40% deficit was that what we were doing from my maintenance we were kind of estimating at that point it was it was close like it was it was around what the rapid fat loss you know 37.5 I mean it was right right around there yeah so I was on I mean I was one of those people that was eating mostly protein so I which is Mm -hmm. easy for me I love protein so my protein actually stayed 
pretty high, pretty close to what I was eating before. And that was really helpful. Um, and then I was pretty much only getting fats from my protein sources. Um, I had a little bit of, um, additional fats, um, and then carbs were pretty much vegetables. So I did, I was able to get a volume, but it was, it was quite low calories, but at that point, I just was mentally just there. <laughs> so it, yeah. was, it was easy because I was so motivated. I know it was only going to be 14 days and I was just ready to see results. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we got that started. Um, my weight, um, dropped. So I dropped 5.4 pounds in the two weeks. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome incredible in that two weeks, I also got my cycle. So the second week I got my cycle. So then that made the weight come back up and it was really discouraging and we had to have those ledge talks again. But, um, but still the final weight, um, drop was 5.4 pounds in two weeks. But I think the best thing about this for me that I took from it is that since then my weight's been steadily dropping. So after we stopped the protocol, um, I've been hitting a new low weight every single day. And so I, awesome. I even tell you this, Amy, but I hit a new low this morning. Yay. So, <laughs> so it's almost like it was the key to turn the engine on, or it was the, you know, the gear shift that just got my body going, even though now we are back up on calories not, I mean, I'm still on prep, so I'm obviously still dieting, but I'm back on eating my pre-workout, post-workout carbs, um, proteins back up, fats a little higher. Um, and, but my body has kept up the momentum and I'm just steadily dropping, you know, 0.2, 0.4, whoa, 0.1. Okay. Stayed the same one day. Okay. Dropped again. And it's not, it hasn't been fluctuating up at all since then. Now it will, uh, you know, eventually your weight's always going to fluctuate, but that's what I felt was the best part. And then during the fat loss protocol, um, I was very careful to track the weights that I used and my intensity in the gym because I, I wanted to know if if it was affecting my workouts. I did switch from hit cardio to steady state cardio um, because I was just too drained at the end of my workout to run sprints. So we switched it over to steady state, which was fine and kept my steps the same. And then I was able to lift the same amount of weights for the most part. I would say maybe 75% of the time I was able to match the weights that I usually lift um, because I just, I track those. And so I know the one thing that I did need to do was take longer rest periods. So I Mm, usually rest about 30 30 to 60 seconds and I just keep going and keep going and I I needed longer rests. So I was careful not, I mean, I didn't rest 10 minutes, but you know, it would be a couple of minutes before I was ready to get back in. Um, and then the other thing was I wasn't even trying this, but I drank a gallon and a half to two gallons a day just throughout this whole thing. And I don't know if it was because I was sweating more in the gym or just because I wasn't eating a lot, but I drink a lot of water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like oral Um, fixation. One one thing that I did do that I feel like helped, um, and it just helped my adherence. This, I don't know if they did this in the study or if this would even matter because if you equate for calories, it doesn't matter, but I didn't drink any calories during this. So I cut out all liquid calories. And when you're cutting your calories this low to this much of a percent of a cut, um, I just think that's smart to eat all of your calories, um, just for the energy availability and to keep you full. (laughs) So mentally, 
And then also mentally, I had some days where I was literally in the dumps and then the next day I would be high as a kite and full of energy. So the whole time I was not, you know, utterly exhausted and drained. I had really great days. I had some really great workouts. I was really motivated. Sometimes when your body is hold, I feel like when your body's holding on to weight, it does kind of slow you down. You feel a little sluggish. And so even though dieting is hard, doing something like this where I lost a few pounds in a few few days, um, you do feel lighter and sometimes you do feel more energetic and stuff. So I feel like that was a plus. Um, and then ever since getting back, getting my calories back up, my energy has been sky high. So <laughs> well, and helpful. you have to factor into your energy could have been impacted by your cycle. Very Absolutely. Yes, and mood absolutely. and everything. Mm-hmm. So, so it's another variable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your hormones play a big role in that with females. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider. But yeah, I mean, we've seen from your scans, the fit 3D scans, you've gained about five pounds of muscle, which is fantastic for a natural athlete that's, you know, has a training history like you do. Um, just because you're at the point where you're beyond the newbie gains. Um, and you know, most natural athletes, I'll see that they'll gain about three pounds a year of muscle. So even though it was uncomfortable, it was frustrating to kind of be maintaining the same weight and feeling like Groundhog's Day every single check-in. Those are the kind of improvement seasons that are really usually very good. Um, Mm -hmm. If you can kind of just like make it through mentally um, by not seeing changes, especially if you're so used to like being in prep all the time, which you went through a lot of different preps and things like that. And it's like, you're always used to seeing things go down, down, down. And when things just stay the same, you feel like you're not making improvements. And so I think it's important to bring that up that even though, you know, you just stabilized your weight and it wasn't a comfortable weight at that time, that was what was necessary that was a different kind of uncomfortable than the hungry uncomfortable. I think it's a worse uncomfortable. It is. Uh, not because at least like when you're feeling like when you're lean, when you're hungry, it's like, okay, this is like paying off. But it's like when you feel like fluffy and the improvement season and the scale's not really moving. I mean, your weights are probably going up in the gym and your energy is better and like you have a little bit more balance in your life. But um, anyways, I just wanted to kind of point that out because I know that 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 was something, you know, and at this point, we kind of just like ripped off the bandaid and um, it was a good stimulus for your body. But if we would have kept you there for a couple of weeks, Dr. Campbell has not done research on that. Um, He mentioned, you know, I would be curious what would happen after three weeks because the resting metabolic rate did get impacted. That was one thing I didn't mention. Um, the resting metabolic rate after the two weeks actually did downregulate. And then once they went back to their like maintenance or like slight deficit, like a normal deficit, um, the metabolic, the resting metabolic rate went back to what it was at baseline. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's crazy that just in that small amount of time that it can downregulate, um, fortunately, you know, for you, we are able to drive your calories right back, um, to like a, a slight deficit. Um, Mm -hmm. and so hopefully, you know, your, your metabolism will rebound or, you know, correct itself. So think about like thermic effect of food, you're eating less. So you're going to be burning less calories just through the pure consumption of less food. Um, Mm -hmm. 
just some factors to kind of like food for thought. I think the same thing too with the, like I said, with the weights in the gym, um, how, you know, there was that 25% of sets that I maybe went lighter than I should have. But since we brought the calories back up, I've actually PR'd a couple of times in the gym. So strength nice. gains come just right back too. That's great. Um, and then, yeah, it is good to remember with the the rapid fat loss protocol, if you're going to try something like this, you know, set a time. You're doing it for a time period. It's not until I lose five pounds or until I lose 10 pounds. It's not like that. So get in, get out, get your calories back up. Um, just because also mentally is huge and you really want to watch your mental health when it comes to diving this low in calories and not getting, you know, weird ideas about good food, bad food, or, you know, the urge to just say, you know, forget everything. I'm eating everything in the kitchen because I just can't handle this anymore. So we don't want to get to that point because that is not going to do you any good uh, at all. And you want to protect your mental health around food too. So like, if you're going to do this, set the time that you're going to do it and then get out, get your calories back up. Um, and hopefully you have a coach helping you through this as well. Um, but I, I do feel like I got in, you know, I pushed through it and then getting back out, I feel much better. I'm performing better in the gym. I'm back, you know, even pushing, um, heavier weights, but the weight has just kept dropping. And so that I feel like is the biggest benefit I've seen just getting, getting the ball rolling and getting my body to respond. Yeah. Some other ones that I've recently used for clients, um, like I'll have somebody that's kind of like getting close to a show still a little bit far out that they're going on vacation or they're traveling where, you know, we might do like a calorie goal and like a protein goal. Um, but they're getting close to the show. So they really can't go just like free for all on the vacation. So what we'll do is two weeks before the vacation, we'll do the rapid fat loss and that just gives them a head start. So then when they kind of get that boost of calories back um, or they're like at a maintenance during vacation, which gives them a little bit more budget room too. It's kind of like doing a diet break in a way, but um, yeah, I think that's been effective. And then another time I've used it to just from a practical standpoint is I had a competitor that was very close to being ready for a show. It wasn't a one that we planned on. We actually had a much later show, but she was coming in so well during her prep and her calories were still relatively high. Um, So we had about like, I don't know, she was like three weeks out and she was kind of like borderline and she really wanted to do like this earlier show. So we did the rep of fat loss, um, we actually only had to do it for like a week because she ended up losing like six pounds, but just like some scenarios that it can sometimes just really like start the wheel moving. If you think of a giant hamster wheel, sometimes dieting takes so long and, you know, Lee Marie's story is, you know, it's typical in some cases where it just, it takes a little bit more for that hamster wheel to get going. And once it starts going, it's like the wheel will come off. Um, But it's just that momentum and you have to like have that grit and that tenacity to kind of like stick with the consistent actions every day because the progress is just never linear. It's never going to be perfect. And I'll see even over like six month periods where I have people that have significant weight loss, you know, like they have like 40 to 60 pounds to lose. They'll go 
you know, a couple of weeks and not lose anything. And then like they check in and they've lost three pounds and it's like, it catches up. It's like just whoosh down, yeah. you know? So the body is like such a complex animal, <laughs> you know, it's just crazy how everything works. So, mm-hmm. but that's another reason why getting a coach is so important because, you know, some, some of these patterns and things like, you know, having that experience of over a decade of like seeing how a female's body reacts to weight loss or contest preps, it's, it's just helpful using. And I, that's why I, when I started the company, I wanted to specifically focus on one population. And when, you know, when I first started, I had done like, I had trained men's physique and things like that, but I really wanted to focus on women because we, we are so much more complex than men too, like with our cycle, like we we're just talking about the cycle adds another element and the way our bodies. Um, I just feel like if you can kind of focus on one thing, you can really become an expert in that because you continually see, you know, you know, everybody's unique and everybody's different, but it's nice to be able to kind of like have a focus kind of like similar to having a general practitioner doctor versus like a cardiologist or a brain surgeon, you know, you're not going to have your family doctor do brain surgery on you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's just like a different thing, but I, I kind of got on a side tangent with that, I guess. I that. So I have a question for you and maybe this will kind of summarize everything, but um, for somebody listening to this and talking about you know, rapid fat loss protocol and wondering, I wonder if this is something I should do, or I should ask my coach about, um, in your mind, what would you say would be like an ideal spot for somebody to be in that would need to use this and get the most out of it? And then what would you caution? Like if you're in this spot, I would caution you against doing this. I think you have to have a baseline calorie that you have to have been at maintenance calories for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most ideal situation or being in a surplus. You have to have you have to have established a baseline maintenance for one thing. So you have to have been maintaining your body weight for a long time in my opinion um, mm-hmm. for it to be effective um because you wouldn't want to do this like post contest just as right. like a let's put a band-aid on the rebound that I just did where I consumed like thousands and thousands of calories like post show for a couple of weeks. So I'll just do a rapid fat loss to like get it all off. That would be a bad time. You need your hormones to like level out, heal. I mean, in my opinion, as long as you're spinning in a dieting phase, you should probably spend just equally amount, um, you know, an improvement or reversing out and trying to get into that maintenance area. Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion. And I think mentally you have to be motivated like you are like you it takes a lot of persistence and like tenacity to stick with this diet um going that low is very hard and so if you're not in a good place mentally with food you are going to be wrecked you have to be highly motivated to want to eat this low calories to be let's just put it out there you know um so you can't have any sort of like it shouldn't be, I guess, like where people kind of like binge and restrict right. none of that stuff. Like you have to be in a good place with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think that's great, especially the point about um, using it as a band aid to cover up your post show 
Um, I, I think yeah. I think that could be very tempting because we've been at our very mm-hmm. leanest. Yeah. And then immediately, I mean, you can put on like 10 pounds and you feel so much different. Um you can put 15 pounds the next day. Yeah. That's what I did. Wow. Yeah. So that that's see my ankles. So, yeah, my first yeah. show, I put on 15 pounds in in one day. That's in our I bodies. Ate a whole are pie. Incredible. So crazy. I'm very impressed with that. So a couple of other things too that really helped me during this. Um, I was taking magnesium every day. That helped me with a couple of different things. When your calories get that low, um, it's really hard to meet a good fiber goal. So um, one thing that is really good is to take psyllium husk. Um, and so I wasn't very good at that, but I tried. So I know I, I took it some, I didn't take it every day, um, but I did also eat pretty much only veggies for my carbs. So that did help keep my fiber, you know, relatively okay. Um, so, so definitely watch the fiber. Um, and then the magnesium helped, um, with just with digestion because it does help relax you. And so then it also helped me sleep because sometimes when your calories get down so low, I have a hard time staying asleep throughout the whole night. Like I'll wake up a bunch and it just kind of comes with the territory of super low calories. But, um, I have noticed that when I take magnesium before bed, it does help. I do feel like I'm getting an extra protein shake when I take the first form. I know this is a shameless plug, but I really do love it. Um, I thought that I loved the peach um, ring kind, but the chocolate, uh, the salted chocolate is so good. It tastes like I'm having another protein shake right before I go to bed. It really gets me past like the, I'm going to wander into the kitchen and grab something because I'm starving right now. Like it gives me something where, especially if I put chocolate stevia and Himalayan salt in Mm -hmm. it, because it already has stevia, it already has like the salt or whatever, but just adding that it makes it really frothy and creamy yes I ordered specifically for this cut (laughs) and it helped so much that reminds me too though that you added more salt for it one thing I really started to do just noticing that I had to take longer rest periods in the gym is I started taking some extra electrolytes so I drink a lot of water and I sweat a lot and when I lowered my calories so much to pretty much just protein and vegetables even though I was salting my food um, I do think my sodium levels went down Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on too if you're feeling like when I was feeling slightly lightheaded and stuff in the gym. It was like, oh, I think it's time for me to get some electrolytes in me. Yeah, because you're not doing as much volume. So you're not salting as much food, you know, and then you're also you had mentioned like you did zero calorie drinks. So some calorie drinks like pre-workouts and EAAs, like some are zero calories and they have electrolytes in them, but, Mm -hmm. you know, some don't. And so I always tell like competitors during peak week when they pull out all sweeteners and things like just like their BCAAs and stuff like that usually has electrolytes in it. So I was telling them to, you know, add some smart water, like, um, yeah, just to make sure that their electrolytes are where they need to be for peak week. But yeah, I mean, I think this was a good episode. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And if you would like to order your magnesium, I will put the link in the description box. And if you are, um, feeling so moved. We would love to hear what you thought about the episode. If you can tag us on your story on Instagram, we're found uh, at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini, or you can um, 
do the extra step of leaving a rating or review. That just helps other listeners that are interested in similar topics find us. So if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with Lima Marie. Thanks for listening, guys.